Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. The FT. In 1990, when I had been at the FT for only a shortish time, the then editor resigned. I liked him, he'd been kind to me, and I was sorry to see him go. But I was also very junior and had a proper horror of brown nosing. Should I write him a letter, I wondered, or would that be unseemly? In the end, I didn't write one, but only because I'd spent so long dithering that I'd missed my moment. For a journalist to be several weeks late responding to news was not going to look good. Since then, the world has speeded up, so any response happens not in weeks but in minutes. It's also gone social. We no longer address our words of farewell to the person concerned, but to everyone with an internet connection. And most remarkable of all, somewhere along the way, our aversion to brown-nosing has got lost. It's not something to be done shamefully and secret, but proudly and with as much fanfare as possible. When Alan Rusbridger resigned as editor of The Guardian last Wednesday, the following spectacle played out on Twitter. Within a minute of the news getting out, the eulogies began. One former colleague tweeted, Few people in the history of journalism have had the vision and talent of Alan Rusbridger or could play the piano as well. A great editor. Then others piled in, tweeting, British journalism won't be the same without you, Alan Rusbridger. If you think the tweets you're seeing are excessive, you just never saw him work. I watched the process with a grim fascination, observing that some of the compliments received a thank you from the man himself, while others met with silence. Mr. Rusbridger, by most accounts, has been an excellent editor, and he can play Chopin's ballad number one on the piano too. But tweets are a vulgar way of saying so, and don't even necessarily prove their point. Even in the pre-internet age, there was never a particularly strong link between public declarations of praise from an interested party and a person's true value. When King Lear decided it was time to carve up his kingdom, he asked his daughters how much they loved him. "'Sir, I do love you more than words can wield the matter,' said Regan, which Goneril trumped by saying she loved him just as much, and then some. I couldn't help thinking of the Warring Sisters when I read the competing tweets from two of the most hotly tipped successors to Mr. Rusbridger. First to declare her love for her departing editor was Janine Gibson. Alan Rusbridger, once in a generation editor, best boss ever, good at surprises, she tweeted. Her rival for the top job, Catherine Viner, followed suit with her peon in 140 characters or fewer. Alan Rusbridger, for 17 years my inspiring editor, never afraid, always pushing us to be bigger, bolder, braver. Fortunately, The Guardian has its own Cordelia in the shape of Patrick Winter, its political editor. Alan Rusbridger steps down as editor-in-chief of The Guardian in the summer of 2015, becoming chairman of the Scott Trust, his more dignified tweet read. At The Economist, the other British media outfit to have lost an editor last week, 
tweeting activity by staff was more restrained. Only a few said they would miss their boss, and even fewer opted to fawn. John Micklethwaite, our outstanding editor at The Economist, becomes Bloomberg editor-in-chief. They are very lucky, one wrote. Otherwise, Economist journalists adopted the more tasteful Cordelia position and tweeted only the facts. What does this tell you? That Mr Micklethwaite isn't a good editor? Or that The Economist still manages to cling to decorum, even on social networks? Or maybe there's a simpler explanation. There was no point in sucking up on Twitter, as one of the most remarkable things about the departing Economist editor is that he has managed to lead a media organisation without tweeting at all. An even more powerful objection to tweeted eulogies is that a legacy is more properly judged in years than in seconds. This was brought home to me last week at the FT's Christmas book sale. As colleagues scrambled for bargains, I noticed that being trampled underfoot was a sad copy of the book written by the man who received more instant plaudits than any I can remember when he quit his job three years ago. Last week, there were no takers for Terry Leahy's Why I'm So Great management memoir, even with the price slashed by 95%. Given that Tesco is halfway down the tubes, partly as a result of Mr. Leahy's dodgy legacy, demand is bound to be limited for his homilies on the importance of truth, loyalty and courage. Even the title, Management in Ten Words, now seems like a blatant case of mis-selling. It's management in 312 somewhat discredited pages. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. 